0: Welcome to another edition of the TRN Server Podcast. Uh, I want to say thanks to Anchor for creating a platform to create this podcast that we're doing. Uh, We're filming this on a Tuesday evening. We were intending to do this later in the week, but circumstances changed. I was going to have Zach the Beast for this weekend, but he couldn't join. So we're doing this now. And with some news that broke, uh, in NASCAR, I had Ron for next weekend. And I asked Ron if he could come in to fill Zach for this upcoming weekend, but due to COVID causing problems at his work, he can't come in next week, or I'm sorry, this week. Uh, I can relate because COVID's affecting my job as well. Um, Hope everyone is being safe and healthy out there. Um, That being said, let's start the show. Uh, Zach the Beast, who races for Red Bull in the Breakout Racing League for the Realistic Tier. And he commentates also Tier 3 and Tier 4 of that league. Uh, How are you doing tonight, Zach?
1: I'm doing quite well, if you ask me. I just came back home after eating with my grandmother, spending time with family. Like you said, during these hard and struggling times really when COVID started back up again. So, having a nice day.
0: Yeah, and uh, you said you had school canceled because of snow, right?
1: Yes, we did.
0: Is that a good thing for you or a bad thing? (laughs) Oh, uh, good. Why is there a question really? Yeah, yeah. I always, I love snow days when I was a kid, and Ron Swanson, who races for Ferrari in the Breakout uh, Racing League, realistic tier, and then also for Ferrari in tier three. Who? Um, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing good. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing good. Uh, got off work. Eight uh just had to do some chores and uh you and me had a conversation about diecast that got me all giddy as a kid because i have a lot of them so we'll have to have that conversation later um let's see let's just go ahead and jump into it um atlanta is going to host a tire test for xfinity and trucks next tuesday unknown of the team's Uh, Next Wednesday and Thursday, we'll have Busher, Chastain, and Kurt Busch participate in the truck series. One driver per manufacturer is the reason why. It will also determine the engine package that will be used at Atlanta for this upcoming season, either the 550 package that's used at Daytona and Talladega, or the 670 package that was announced a couple weeks ago. What do you hope Atlanta is next year? What type of track do you hope we see?
1: Uh, I'll go first but for Atlanta at least for me I want it to be like how it was in the early 2010s really where it was really down to the talent really when it comes to when the tires started to go away everyone started sliding I really liked it when it was like that way but with the new pavement and actually on the NASCAR's Instagram page they uploaded a video
0: of someone testing that.
1: it on the trucks it looked exactly like Talladega so I'm hoping it doesn't end up that way, but it's starting to look like it.
0: Ron? Yeah,
2: I wish in the end, in my opinion, I wish they never did the repave. I like the old Atlanta, even the last couple of races, last couple of years. It seems like it's probably going to be a Talladega, Daytona-type track, and the way it's looking, I think the bottom is going to be very dominant. I wonder if they'll be able to get the high line rolling at all. But they got a very interesting lineup for the test. Camping World, they got Grant Enfinger, Tanner Gray, and John Hunter Nemechek. Xfinity's Justin Allgaier, Ty Gibbs, and Riley Herbst. And then Cup Series is Kurt Bush, Rosh S. Shane, and Brad Kozlowski for all their, of course, respective teams they're actually driving for next season. So it's a little interesting because I thought considering we're expecting plate track racing, you would have a lot more than just three drivers for every series. I know it's just a tire test and all that, but it seems we're getting close to the beginning of the season. You won't be able to have that many tests. I would have figured you would just do both at once.
0: I think maybe the, I, I could see Xfinity and trucks having more teams. Maybe with Cup, I understand because you don't want to tear up equipment with the limited numbers of cars that are built. So I could probably understand that. I believe Tanner Gray was the one in the video. Um, I saw that same video Zach mentioned. Here's my biggest worry this track. And it's not really Atlanta, it's SMI. Uh, they redid Kentucky and wasn't a fan after they repaved it, reconfigured it. They redid Texas, not a fan of it. I'm sorry, turns one and two has made that track a complete just joke. And my fear of Atlanta is that it could happen again. I'm all for it if you had to repave it, repave it, but leave it the way it was. Uh, if it takes a couple of years, for it to kind of come back to where it used to be. I'm okay with that, but I am not really a fan of this reconfiguration yet. If I'm brutally honest. Yeah, same. Just not a fan of it. Uh, the yeah. next topic. And this is why I really wanted Ron on short notice. Uh, Cause this kind of affects us. Uh, Drew Blickensdurfer to replace Mike Buggoravich as the crew chief for Eric Amarola this season. Bugaravich, or we'll also call Buga. We'll just get out of the way. Uh, He will become the performance director at SHR. Uh, You've had Buga as your crew chief for Amarola for two years. Prior to that, he was Clint Boyer's crew chief for three years. Uh, What are your thoughts about this? I'm devastated. You sound like me at the end of 2019 when I got this. (laughs) I was happy after 2019. Yeah. I...
2: I, both Clint Boyer and Amarola are decent drivers at best. I'll never say constantly championship contending. I think they could both have their years, especially like Clint has shown that with 2011, but Buga brought something to them, his knowledge with setups and all that. And both those guys combined showed exactly the potential to get race wins, which he did with Clint Boyer multiple times And he did with Eric Amarola multiple times. But it's just, I I really regret it that they're doing this because Amarola's new crew chief, and of course this is a season everyone's going to say again, this is Amarola's career, that this could be a season-ending season, of course, if he doesn't do well. Bringing on a new crew chief, one that really hasn't had that much results since the COT era, I know he was Eric Amoral's crew chief in 2016, 2017, but those were arguably worse campaigns compared to his 2015 campaign he had. It's just, to me, it's not looking good because, one, you got a crew chief who hasn't had results in a while. I know he just won his second Daytona 500, but plate tracks are plate tracks. To me, I'm scared because this could be a career ending season and he just got a an okay crew chief not a good one yeah
0: i mean you had to do with klaus meyer for i think two years and then that you know with with buga first off i'm gonna miss him on the radio because buga had no filter he had no problem saying his mind which is rare for a crew chief but buga was also aggressive he if if there was a chance to get a stage point we'll stay out he did that at bristol and yeah he lost But I'd love Bugha just a calling a race. A his also his setups and him just rolling the dice, saying "Let's go." His la- Clint Boyer's last win at Michigan was because Bugha said, "Hey, we're doing two tires," and all he had to do was hold off Harvick for four laps. Klausmeier would have never made that decision, and it got so annoying in 2020. Of every time you're thinking, "God, let's just roll the dice here. Let's just let's just just throw caution to win." No, <gasps> never. Um, Zach, uh, what's your thoughts on it? Cause you've heard us complain about, you know, uh, Booga and Klaus Meyer, and, you know, how we thought about uh, those two.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, my opinion on it is that I'm, I'm not a fan of Eric Marola, but also I'm not a hater of him, but it doesn't affect me as much, but from the way I've seen a I think that will affect Eric and Marola's results really in the, future of the season like how Ron said it could be a boom or bust really at this point and if it's a bust honestly I can see Eric Amarillo being out by 10.
0: I mean let's be honest and I'd like to have Ron's opinion on this if Amarillo doesn't make the playoffs there's no guarantee he's coming back for 2022. I mean every year (laughs) yeah
2: um, they say it every year they say there's no guarantee and you're right He's got to make the playoffs. That, that of course, all depends on how Stuart Haas is. If they're bad again, maybe he'll give him a pass. I mean, just, um, yeah. If he wins again, I think he'll be fine. That I feel like that's what saved him. I think that New Hampshire win was exactly what saved him from yeah. Smithfield possibly dropping him. Of course, we don't know. The one thing I know is Smithfield loves Eric. We haven't heard anything denying that since they've made their reception in 2011, is when they met. He met, uh,
0: yeah, I believe they hung out uh, with
2: their son.
0: Yeah, I think it was at Richmond. I think it was at Richmond. Yeah,
2: it was Xfinity when he drove the 88 car for Dale Jr. Yeah, that's how they got it. That's how he got that lifetime sponsor up until this point over 10 years.
0: I mean, you know, that's that's an important asset of having a driver that works with a brand, a sponsor. And, you know, that's very important in racing because there's not more drivers need to do that. Um, you look at how Harvick's worked with his sponsors and, and all like what all, some of these handful of other drivers, uh, Riley Herbst has monster energy. Um, I'm interested to see how this plays out. Uh, hopefully, Buga can do what maybe Chad Kanaos did at uh, Hendrick. And make the overall performance of SHR better. Um, yeah, I can hear you in the background trying to get your charger. <laughs> uh, it's all good. Um, a couple of other notes here Luke Lambert to be the crew chief of Noah Gregson uh, for Xfinity at JRM. Uh, Lambert was the crew chief for Busher in the Cup Series for the last, I want to say, two years. Prior to that, he was with Ryan Newman at RCR. Uh Ron, how do I say this old sp- Bubba Wallace's sponsor name? Led-eyes? L- Lido's. Um, I'm gonna go with that. I think Ron's still messing with his charger. But uh the the sponsor that was with Bubba Wallace back in the Xfinity series uh at Roush, he had they have returned for Bubba Wallace. They were a sponsor at Coda. And the last kind of – we have two more. Uh, these will be up to debate. And I'll ask both uh, Ron and Zach. Uh, where do you think Maddie D or Ryan Priest will end up? Zach, how about you go first?
1: Uh, for me, I can see uh, Ryan Priest dropping down to the truck series. I'm not sure what seats are open, but as long as there's, like, good seats available as of right now, I think he will be trying to get those and do a John Hunter Nemechek reset. But for Matty D, I personally don't see him going anywhere. I think what what he did at Phoenix and all that, I think that's what killed all those chances to
0: even get a car. Let's see if Ron's there. Ron, you there? Yeah, just came back. Okay, good. Well, the question that was asked is, where do you think Matty D or Ryan Priest will end up? Uh, uh, you had to go get your Chargers, so uh, we understand. Yeah. Um, Where do I think? Priest,
2: I think he'll go to where he won his first truck race. I think that's his best
0: possible choice. Which Uh, which team was that?
2: GGR Crossley. It's not what it's called anymore. I think they got rid of the Crossley part
0: of it. Okay.
2: But I think that's his only hope. It's where um, currently their driver lineup, Haley Haley Deegan...
0: Mm-hmm.
2: and then Taylor and Tanner gray.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And then that's it. So I, I don't know if there's even room, but I have no idea where Matt Benedetto is. I think he's might be done.
0: <laughs> uh, Ryan priest. I was kind of hoping he would end up in a good Xfinity ride. Um, I was kind of maybe cross the fingers that maybe he'll go to colleague until, Landon Castle got that right. Kind of maybe hoping he'll get to maybe another seat. Um, for all intents and purposes, they have not announced the 18 at JGR Xfinity, but I don't think they have to because of the obvious. That's going to tie Gibbs. Uh, I would like to see Priest in that 17 truck. Uh, it's something but rather than nothing. As for Matty D, I kind of agree with both of y'all. I His name has not been linked to one single thing. And I do think Phoenix, you know, Rather, you liked it or you not, probably wasn't the best thing to do. And with the news of Josh Bolicki possibly getting the seventy-seven at Spire, that's another car that's gone in Cup. I don't know where Maddie is going to be. If he if he's anywhere, it's not going to be competitive. If I'm honest. Yeah. The,
2: the only news that I've heard at all for any of them has come out of Bob Parker's. That he knows that both Ryan Priest and Matt Benedetta are still talking teams from all three series, but um, other than that, that that's it. There's nothing for Newman. Newman's probably done. He didn't yeah. wa- from what he said he didn't want to retire from. Just he wanted to do part time racing. He was retiring from full time, but I don't think he got any sort of an opportunity. And really, what is left?
0: Well, that and like, he he didn't um, feel he said he made the comments that he didn't think the car was 100 percent safe. Yeah, true. But I'm I mainly talking about um
2: Matt DeBenedetto, Ryan Priest. What is left? I don't think there is anything left. No,
0: the only thing I know that's left on the table, and Zach, unless uh, we're missing something here, they've we're gonna assume that Cody Ware is gonna be at Rick Ware. And we assume that they're going to have one more other car. That's about the only cup car that I'm aware of. That's open because Spire- I'm
2: talking about lower series. I think, yeah, yeah. well, lower series, I don't take know. A what's Rick ride, even if it's the only one you got, I, I don't think it's worth it to him. No. It's not going to bring him anywhere.
0: Yeah. Uh, it was kind of unfortunate to see kind of the last second half of 2021 go for Matty D. Um, it's just – it seemed like everything just started to unravel. Uh, first, we had the news of, oh, well, Cedric's so going to be in the 21 car. Then once it came, confirmed that, oh, well, actually, Cedric's going to the two car. Oh, well, actually, not, you're not going to keep your 21 seat, though. That's going to go to Harrison Burton. I, yeah, I thought yeah. that was weird. Yeah.
2: Um, I don't think – I—I me personally, looking over his career, I don't know why people – think harrison burton's gonna do better than what matt de benedetto was able to do in that ride
0: i think at the flip side though harrison burton did bring a sponsor and uh, maddie d to be honest the same thing with fry and priest they don't have sponsors or anything tied to them um yeah. anything you want to touch on that zach before we move
1: uh, nothing really
0: okay uh, I'm going to let Ron talk about this because this happened around lunchtime and I was at work but I'm going to let Ron explain it to me and Zach uh he'd be more better to explain it. So iRacing bought Monster Games who did the SRX video game. Uh their president Rich Garcia used to work with David Kamer who runs iRacing back when papyrus was a thing and that was a thing in the late 90s to early 2000s that's where you had nascars one two three four uh they did dirt to daytona as well um what does this mean going forward ron um are we going to see a potential i-racing nascar relationship via for xbox playstation what do you what do you make of this so There are really only two
2: possibilities currently for what this could mean. One thing that is guaranteed and has already been announced by iRacing is that motorsports game has a game. No details. We're assuming it's either something Tony Stewart dirt related or SRX related is going to be coming out in 2022. They do have some game coming out in 2022 but there, there are two possibilities here with this. One, which is the bad, is all he did was buy that just for, like, the SRX license for iRacing, and they're probably not going to do anything but SRX and Dirt to Daytona. Sorry, um, Tony Stewart's, like, dirt thing that they have. If that's the case, they just wiped off a pretty – well, the only competition Motorsports Games has who currently hold the NASCAR and IndyCar license – for making games on console. And if that's the case, they could get more lazy without the competition. We saw how bad the NASCAR 21 edition was. It was not a good game. It was lacking so many features. So they could get even lazier with that. But what I think is happening and what makes sense to me, because it's a huge opportunity for them, iRacing and NASCAR have a huge relationship together. It's quite obvious with their whole NASCAR racing when they have the Coca-Cola eSports. You have the, the whole time during the pandemic where they had iRacing on national television with all the real NASCAR drivers and some Xfinity drivers. So they have a huge relationship. They could possibly be vying for not only the NASCAR, but also maybe even the IndyCar license because they have both motorsports games and iRacing have different license for NASCAR iRacing for simulator motorsports games for console gaming and more arcadey type right NASCAR why not just bundle it up give it both to iRacing you saw motorsports games their new game was not good it didn't bring what the fans wanted it got major backlash again
0: it did after, worse than the Heat franchise.
2: Yeah, after two years of working on it, they yeah. could possibly give it to iRacing, who has the money, who has the potential. Because like this is guaranteed. We said the same thing about motorsports. We said, well, they have the money. They said they've been working on it for two years. There's no way they could give us what they ended up giving us. It made no sense to me. I don't think it made sense to anyone else. How no. they had two years all this money they were talking about buying all these different companies and having this whole roadmap there. I think they're making, they're making like tons of things. There's another racing sport that they're also going to try adding in besides IndyCar, which is supposedly coming in 2023. But this could be good because that's competition. If they don't make a good game next year for NASCAR, they could potentially lose both their licensings right for not only IndyCar, NASCAR, and whatever they else they have to this new Monster Games, because it's going to go right back to them, but through iRacing, right? Because if they, they can produce something, because they have the necessary amount of money, they have the potential to do that, and in the end, that would probably be for the best, especially for NASCAR, because they already give them license for their whole simulator. So in the end, it would just make more sense to go with them. IndyCar, of course, could stay the course with motorsports games, but for NASCAR, I see I see no reason staying with motorsports games. You could just give it to iRacing. You already do that. Keep it in one spot, all in one house.
0: Right. That, that's Zach, what's
2: at stake right now.
0: Zach, what do you make of this? What do you think?
1: I think Ron stole all, all the words out from my mouth. I really could see it being a – very big opportunity for the guys that don't have enough money for a sim rig or even for iRacing to even so chance that we could even get somewhat of a taste of what iRacing has is very good and very fantastic for the console side of the NASCAR well, community it, it would still well, the- be
2: more console Zach it wouldn't be like um, it wouldn't be like iRacing. The whole point Ooh. that they bought Motorsports game was to dive into the console and the more RT right. type. I see so what it, i think It wouldn't it, be like iRacing. It wouldn't be simulator. It'd be more uh, consoley, like just. Well,
0: I fun. do see Zach's point though. It's I don't yeah, think they I don't think their attention is going to make it to a sim rig, but what
2: they can the greatness
0: that is iRacing, maybe about well, fun. Well, true, but you know, unlike motorsports games, we saw how horrible they were with this. iRacing already has what these tracks look like into detail. They already have what these cars—well, not the current. Actually, no, they do. Uh, they just have to tweak on the the engine package for the next gen car. They already have these cars detailed and you know figured out. All they got to do is just upload the software. Okay, make it to a console base. Boom, it's done. I I, I have to look to see how many gigabytes uh, iRacing is, but I'm pretty sure it's just as big, if not probably smaller than the F1 game that's on Xbox. I mean, it's virtually the same thing. It's just going to be kind of, I think, dummy down to where it's not going to run like it would be on iRacing. That would yeah, be that's the best what
1: my thing. Point was. Yeah, that's what I was trying to make out of it just literally just a mini iRacing robot on the console but i'm for
0: that if you paid 50 bucks for that i think iRacing A they get a return out of that to where okay we have a platform for console based guys that can't get the you know the real big heavy duty sim rigs and whatever and we still keep our original platform so uh that's what i hope with this um is that what your ideal scenario would be Ron? I mean, in the end, I think
2: what it's looking like and what our possibility in the end could be, besides for the F1 side of gaming, we could possibly see a centralized because this is ultimately what Motorsports Games was trying to do. You saw they fought for the F1 license and lost to originally 2K and then 2K sold it to EA. Thank God, by the way. Yeah, but So you look at it like now, iRacing, they could do that because they already have a whole simulator side. If they get the NASCAR license, they get the IndyCar license, eventually down the line, maybe they could get that F1 license as well, and that would be everything. Anything gaming-related for anything, console, simulator, anything like that would be going right through iRacing, and iRacing, iRacing itself would get better. You look at F1 right now, the only F1 car that's close to being what they have currently, I believe, for iRacing right now is the 2018.
0: No, they Mercedes, dis- No, no, they uploaded the new, it's a W12. They uploaded that on iRacing. You can currently oh, use that. All right. It's lovely, by the way. Um, but speak- you
2: centralized everything. Every yeah, single no. racing sport could come through there. That would be big
0: bucks. Well, we ended with the series that we're going to talk next. Uh, I'm interested to see what happens in the next months or so with iRacing buying Monster Games. Um, But we're going to switch to F1 news. Uh, I'm going to be honest, there is no much IndyCar news going on at the moment. The only thing that's out there is the rumor that Alexander Rossi won't return to Andretti Autosport at the end of 2022 and he could end up at Chip Ganassi. That's literally it. Uh, But we're going to go to F1 news and really we're not going to talk news because F1's in the same boat. So we're just going to do a little bit of things about last year, Epic 2021 season. Uh, We had a lot of great moments, a lot of great races, a lot of question mark questionable things happen but we're just going to jump into it what was the best race of the season last year zach uh
1: there's many to choose from really starting from uh Bahrain with that huge battle which really set the tone like you said before the podcast with between verstappen and lewis then you go to emola i believe yes it was with the with it starting on enters and once again, another battle between Lewis and Max, and then Lewis making a mistake, going off in the wet, hitting the barrier, and making a comeback for P2. But really, personally, my favorite was Hungary, because not only because it was rain and chaotic, we also saw a midfield battle for the win between the S. Martin Sebastian Vettel and the Alpine S. Van Ocon. It was a really great battle all the way, and especially with Lewis's comeback as well on the P3 and Alonzo's really good defense against Lewis. There's a whole bunch of good things coming out of that and I had to choose hungry because of it.
0: The only thing that made that suck at the end was Vettel getting disqualified. That was yeah. like oh, that was pain. Ron Uh for me personally, my favorite
2: race the waste race, uh, race was probably France. I think it had a little bit of everything. A lot of people always say they hate France, but this year France put on a very good show. And this is coming from a McLaren fan. Of course, Monza would be my second favorite just from what happened, but not even any Orlando's podium races. really just France because of what it brought to the table, the racing it brought. You saw the McLarens. They started deep in the field, but they started going up. So for me personally, that was something I liked watched them start slowly going through the field together. You saw like at one play, Ricardo passed Alonso two corners later in a turn that you don't really pass on. Lando Norris passed Alonso as well, so it was like great racing. Meanwhile, you had Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen fighting in the front and then Max decided to do basically what Hamilton did to him in Spain, trying to catch back up to him, and he succeeded in doing that. Meanwhile, you had Valtteri getting mad at his team because they didn't listen to him about wanting to do a two stopper, causing him to lose the podium to Sergio Perez. So that was actually two Red Bulls. And then, meanwhile, you had, um, I believe it was Landon Norris, Lance Stroll, and Sebastian Vettel.
0: Can I stop you for a second? Can you fix your mic? Oh,
2: yeah. What's wrong
0: with it? You sound like that. V- v- Max just happens really out of France. You sound like a robot. <laughs> yes. Is this good? uh it's a little better but no how about now uh
2: no
0: here how about that uh no but uh if that's how it's gonna have to be then we'll just uh we'll just say that Max Verstappen has entered the chat from France um sorry Ron you're gonna have
2: to how about now
0: uh that's we're just gonna have to deal with it (laughs) Alright, how bad does it sound? You sound like a uh yeah, it's a pretty robot. bad.
1: <laughs> it sounds like you're in a cup. It like does sound like you're in a, in a cup. cup.
0: You were Go speaking you were speaking you're... just fine till the split. Uh still the same. It's still
2: the same, really?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I went away from the cupboard. All right. Well, see this is what happens when you use a phone. Well.
0: I'm using my iPad, but, uh, um, you know, but, I had.
2: Well, yeah, you know, it had a little bit of everything in it. And I personally liked it because McLaren finished fifth, sixth, and then the whole Feltory getting mad at Mercedes and both Red Bulls on the podium.
0: Uh, for me, um, I mean, there were so many really good races. There were only a handful that were just duds. Uh, Coda was kind of a dud. Um, I have to go up our and this is why we had all the hype for three months of the championship battle between Mercedes and Red Bull uh, championship battle between Max and Lewis. And we had all this hype and I'm sorry. We had the same hype in 2017, same hype in 2018. Okay. Ferrari lived up for half a year. 2019 had this hype, nothing. And, felt like is this really going to happen this year are we going to have a championship battle between Mercedes and Red Bull between Max and Lewis or is this just going to be another year where Mercedes just blows everyone away and I think Bahrain confirmed after preseason testing that this is going to be a straight-up fight between Max and Lewis and it just 100% set the tone for the remainder of the year Um, it just for me as a fan it was the first time in a long time I was like Yes, this is not just going to be the Mercedes show that we've gone to see the last, uh, give or take, more than what, it's not a decade, but it feels like a decade. Um, Biggest surprise of the season, Ron?
2: For me, personally, I'll give you two. Lando Norris doing as good as he did and Espen Akon somehow getting himself a win. Also, because I just remembered it, I constantly forget this because it's not, it's like it's not even true due to the circumstances, the fact that George Russell has a podium in second place.
0: Yeah, well, he did qualify to get that second place at Spa in the wet. I mean, I know the race did not paint out, but that was a superb job in qualifying. Um, yeah, I mean, both Williams got into the top 10 at Spa. Um, I can't even remember the last time that happened prior to this year, probably when it was Massa and Stroll. Um, I believe so. Like, th- there was a lot of good
2: surprises because, like, just thinking about Carlos Sainz beating Leclerc and the points, getting more podiums than he did, there's a lot.
0: That one was mine at the end of the day, but I'll, I'll let Zach, what was your biggest surprise?
1: Oh, uh, before I say my biggest surprise, I have one question right back about the. Does it have to be a driver? Is It It can to, be a
0: driver. It, it can be a team.
1: All right. If it's not only that, then my biggest surprise really was how bad Aston Martin really was. Because if you remember back at the end of 2020, they were contending for third for constructors. And this year, they fell all the way back to seventh, which was the biggest surprise, in my opinion.
0: That Considering with how much resources that team is putting into, I 100% agree. Um... You know they were in a championship battle with McLaren for the P3 in the championship. They get Aston Martin now, and you would think they're gonna—I don't know—replicate that, but still be competitive. And they had a worse year since, I mean, 2013. I mean, it was that was horrible. Like, other than Vettel getting the podium at Baku and a couple moments here and there, I know Hungary that was unfortunate. They were nowhere. Um. Even Lance Stroll was nowhere, if I'm honest. Um, I agree to that one. Mine was one that Ron hit, was Carlos Sainz going to Ferrari and beating Charles Leclerc in the championship. Uh, And also, I mean, I guess it's joint with Ferrari also getting P3 in the championship, but Carlos' first year going to Ferrari, uh, who's planted their flag firmly behind Charles Leclerc. They gave him a five-year contract at the end of 2020. Or going into 2020. Um, And clearly he's the future of the Ferrari. And Carlos Sainz comes in there not having any of that and says, watch this. And it's going to be interesting to see how those two get on in 2022 if Ferrari gives them a car that is not just competitive. I mean, championship caliber competitive. How would that relationship be? Um we talked about surprise. Well, I think uh, Zach. Well, we've just hit the biggest disappointment of the season. Um, would Would Austin Martin be the biggest disappointment for you, or would it be something else?
1: Uh, for disappointments, yeah, Austin Martin's definitely up there. But for me, the biggest disappointment, and I hate to say it, was Daniel Ricciardo going in the season. He had I wouldn't say top three of a race expectation but nonetheless he was expected to be up there with like top five with Sergio and all of them and he uh, just did not do anything aside from that one at Monza and I gotta give him credit for that that was a very earned win at least in my book
0: Ron um
2: yeah with the whole Danny Ricardo thing I would have said that but I'll give my second one but yeah he has a weird season besides he looked Exactly like how you would expect him to look at Monza, and that was it. But for me, it's probably going to be Antonio Giovinazzi. I I expected him to do a lot better than he did, especially after what he did in Monaco, making it into Q3. And it just did not. And It went from him looking like he's about to be the backbone of Alfa Romeo to not even having a ride for next season.
0: Yeah, um, you know, for a while, there was all qualifying Kimi, uh, getting to Q3. I think he made Q3, Monza, Netherlands, and I think another race. Like I don't know all three in a row, but it, was, it seemed like back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. And the race, though, just did not pan out. Mine, honestly, if you would have told me this in February, that Ferrari would be P3 in the championship, I would have told you you were out of your mind. Because that—that's how good McLaren. Uh, oh. <laughs>
1: Zach's gone.
0: <laughs> Zach has gone. I'm going. And uh, because they just is that is that him back in now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, okay, we had a glitch. Uh, I would say it's McLaren finishing people in the championship. I thought for sure after preseason testing, after the first half of the year, Lando Norris is flying. I know Daniel Ricciardo was struggling. But there's no way in heck Ferrari is going to catch him. And I just feel like after they got that one-two at Monza, and then after the closing stages of uh, Russia, where Lando, they just got the game wrong with the way rain, And he didn't even finish in the points in a race that he either was going to win or finish P2. And uh, I think them finishing P4, considering where they where McLaren's been in recent years, i say for me that was my biggest disappointment. Um, let me bring up the show sheet because we had an issue. Um, well, this goes to a question that you've asked our, uh, in the podcast. So we'll go, I guess, more depth into it later on or, or in a bit. But uh, who do you think will be in contention for the championship in 2022?
2: This is true.
0: Both of you. Let's go with Ron first.
2: Uh, uh, everyone, I guess. I don't know.
0: I'm my kinda, main drivers. Oh, sorry. I'm kind of the same way with you.
2: It's My main drivers would, of course, be – Lewis, Max, and then I'll just throw in George, Charles, Sines, Lando. I guess I'll throw in Ricardo. I feel like he'll get better. He's always better in his second year. He showed that in rental. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. I'm just naming guys who are like the young comers who we know are good, and then drivers
0: we know are. I can put Valtteri in, but I mean, he just choked it away. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, it was weird that Valtteri didn't even make the top 10 in the driver's standings of, or their voting that they had last week. Uh, Zach, who do you like?
1: Oh, uh, mostly like Ron said, the guys are Max, Lewis. I wouldn't say George necessarily because they just don't want a repeat of Nico. Like, how they're probably going to treat him like how they treated Valtteri for a while, and probably after the end of this year, maybe next year even, they would probably give them the green light to contend for the championship. Like I said, Lewis, Max, throwing so and Lando and Ricardo, and Carlos and Leclerc. I think that's who's going to be contending for the championship.
0: That's a I good mean,
2: question. Do you think they're going to contain, George?
0: Um, It just depends if, I mean, Lewis is clearly, you know, he's on the back You know, last handful of years he has an F1. I think that's very clear. This isn't for me. Do you think he
2: would want to? Do you think he would? I don't think. Um, I don't
0: think he would. I don't think he will because this is this isn't 2014, 2013 Lewis where he's still in the middle of his prime and he's only thinking about this weekend and this race coming up. And I think Lewis he knows that this either could be his final year or 2023 could be his final year. Um, I don't think he really wants to uh, go out like that. And I think he might help and push Russell because maybe help him be the next great, uh, great Britain driver for the future formula one for me. I I think it's going to be Red Bull Mercedes. I want to hope that Ferrari McLaren, those four are up front and contending for ultimately race wins and opening forward championship. Um, i i know haas punted but i still don't think they're going to be a contender who knows i mean we could maybe see a Braun 2009 scenario um we'll go to the podcast questions uh as a 909 a 9009 sorry ask what are your guys dependent of the f1 stock cars over like in the new zealand area i'm going to assume you need the v8 supercars uh, You two helped me out on this because I've heard a lot of people compare about this. The current cup car is very close to the supercar if I'm not mistaken, correct?
1: I haven't heard anything like that at Pretty all. But...
2: For me personally, I don't keep up to that. But to me, they look like the Euro cup cars that they okay. have. They have Euro NASCAR. They look kind of like Euro NASCARs. But I, I don't know anything about New Zealand. I don't look at that
0: area of racing there is a one of those cars on iRacing I think if I have it I'll have a go and maybe I'll answer this question next week um I don't really have an opinion of it because I've never really seen one I know this is where Scott McLaughlin came from but I I I assume he means the supercars because that's the really only form of sports cars that's over in that area um Pride of Wyoming, ask well, who is the one team from each conference in football that is still fighting to make the playoffs. I meant this question for last week, by the way, and I messed that up. So that's, that's my not bad. What he's <laughs> uh, well, well, um, but but who do you think could be extremely dangerous out of either conference if they get in? Kind of the team that no one wants to deal with, uh, Ron. Who do you like? Um, are we? by conference do you mean like all the teams that are currently locked yeah i mean right now there's only a discussion of what maybe the saints and the 49ers in the nfc and then the afc i believe it's only between what um, san AFC. diego oak it's it's what it's oakland and san it's diego chargers. or i'm chargers. sorry chargers
2: uh the Steelers. We'll just say that they got it's blind. Tar- block.
1: They got it's- Chargers, Ravens, Raiders, Colts.
0: Right. Steelers.
1: You have
2: the Dolphins. You have the Steelers.
0: I think the Dolphins have been eliminated.
2: Yeah, they, no, they, uh... they have not. If uh- if they lose, if um, I believe it, there's two teams that are nine and eight. If they move their games to go nine and nine and the dolphins win nine nine they get one of the spots based on their win percentage. Okay. Same goes to the Steelers. The Steelers are currently the Steelers are eight and eight currently. Believe so the yes. They have that tie with the Lions so they would need both teams to lose and them to win for that to even be a question. Okay. So it's very tight for both those teams but they are still in the hunt.
0: Zach, uh, who do you like or to out of the conference? It can be a team that's locked in, I guess. We're talking wild card teams, I guess.
1: if We're talking um, if if they're not eliminated, I would have to go with the Colts. I'm a Patriots fan, so I've witnessed this firsthand. Jonathan Taylor is so deadly to the point that if I AFC, if the Colts are eliminated, I would consider them lucky. But as a wild card team that is locked um, – I would have to go with the Bengals. They are red hot right now. They beat the even hotter team of the Kansas City Chiefs last week. And Jamar Chase is obviously the clear locker rookie of the year at this point. So it's either I, Bengals or Colts for me.
0: I, we're both in line on the AFC. Uh, if you asked me this a week ago, I say Indianapolis. And then Cincinnati said, hey, we're going to beat the crap out of Baltimore. Like really, really bad. Oh, and then Kansas City is going to come in, who's the hottest team in not just the AFC, but the NFL, and we're going to beat them too. So to me, I look at Cincinnati as a team that I think they're going to have a home game because they won the AFC North. But I think that's a team where people are like, we don't need them to make a playoff run because if Joe Burrow could be confident and still playing like he's playing into, you know, January, February, that's not going to be an easy out. NFC, I'm going to be very honest, no one. Your teams are Green Bay, Los Angeles, Dallas, and Arizona. And to be honest, I really don't put Dallas in that mix right now after how bad they played Sunday. Those are your three teams, in my opinion. Green Bay, Los Angeles, and Arizona. Uh, Hey, Katra asked, with the elephant out of the room with the firing of the Jaguars head coach, Urban Meyer. Why did that take so long? Um, Who is most likely to fill that role, and what could – uh, very much be another rebuilding year in Duval County. Jacksonville Jaguars by the way. Uh, Ron who do you, uh, who would you like to see in Jacksonville?
2: Absolutely no one.
0: <laughs> okay. Fair point. That works.
1: <laughs> for, at least in my opinion, I want to see Jim Cadwell, the old culture, of the joint Lions that sent them to the playoffs every single year as that coach there, not fired for absolutely no reason by the way. I want to say that, but it'd be nice to see him back in Jacksonville. Think you'd get the team a nice chemistry there. If it's not Jim Cadwell, it's going to be Doug Peterson, used to be the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles that sent them to the Super Bowl and won against the New England Patriots. So it's going to be at least in my opinion, it would be one to two.
0: I think it's first off they have a, have a they have to ask a question Is what it's what Trevor. Really needs at the end of the day. I agree with Doug Peterson because of what he did at Philly. And he did that working with a young Carson Wentz who was flying until he tore his ACL in 2017, if I'm not mistaken, is when that happened. Until yeah, then, knows. yeah. Well, before he tore his ACL, he was probably the MVP. Since then, he's never been the same. If it's not Doug Peterson, but let's say they want to go with a defensive minded head coach and bring in a strong OC. I would look no further than Dan Quinn out of Dallas. I know everyone points that 28-3 Atlanta blowing of the Super Bowl against New England. Reality, that was Kyle Shanahan's fault and that Dan Quinn, but he got a lot of the blame out of it. I think I would like to see Dan Quinn be another head coach somewhere. Uh, and with Jacksonville having some pieces, they're going to be in the draft. Uh, if they want to go defensive-minded, go with Dan Quinn. Uh, last question. Um, we kind of touched this on the F1 side. Uh, knowing how packed a talent f1 is how close will the championship be this year uh i'll let ron answer first um yeah what do you think ron for
2: how close the championship will be
0: basically yes
2: we well, kind of feel like we already answered that but yeah i, I think you don't know it's a new car anything could happen i think there's going to be a lot of Either we're gonna have a lot of drivers fighting for it, with a lot of teams switching who wins at what track, or you're gonna have one team just dominate and it be nothing. I, I don't know. I think we'll have. I'm hoping we have a situation where we got like six people fighting for the drivers' title, but you know. Don't uh,
0: know. Zach, what do you think? I already have yeah. to get picked out of what I want.
1: <laughs> but. Yeah, I think Rowan answered the question for me as well. It, it, it's just a matter of if uh, now. It's just a waiting game. I think we'll have some sort of an answer after the first Grand Prix, but after that still, it's anyone's game.
0: I, I think we'll have an answer after pieces and testing and after the first couple of races. Me personally, give me another 2010 season where you had Ferrari with Fernando in the championship. You had both Red Bulls, of Weber and Vettel in the championship. You had both McLarens in the championship. Give me that type of championship again. I would love it. Um, To the final part of the podcast where I will ask my guests some questions about them as race fans and such. Last year, Zach, you went to the Bristol dirt race. How did that race go from a fan's perspective in the stands? And what was your first ever race in person?
1: Well, for the Bristol dirt race, uh, obviously, it was quite dirty. Uh, we had, like, dirt everywhere after this was over. But it was a really nice race to go to. If you ever had the chance, I would 100% recommend going there. The food, the drinks are quite cheap. And the racing itself, from a fan view, it was really nice until stage three. And then after that, you just couldn't see. And then, like, after five laps, it would be a crash. It, it just wasn't nice to watch after stage two, but if the, race stage, if the race stayed how it was at stage one and stage two, it would have been a really great race to see from the stands. My first race I, I went to, I believe it was 2013, so either 2013 or 2014 at the Bristol Knight Race. It was the race where Danny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick parked on Pitt Road and like had an argument.
0: I believe that was 2013 because Harvick thought Hamlin's wrecked him, and Hamlin actually had a flat tire. I remember that because Harvick was like confronting him and like they were separating him. Then Harvick just like, I want to have a conversation. He went to go, he went to talk Denny in the window net saying, yeah, I'll cut a tire. He's like, okay, we're good. And Harvick just walked away. So I remember that race. Um, Ron, uh, you went to New Hampshire this year and I was very jealous because you got to see one of your favorite drivers win in person, something I not had the pleasure of. What was it like to have to see that in person? And as with Zach, what was your first race?
2: Uh, uh, My first race. I apologize. I thought you were
0: already asking Zach the same question. No, no. I was asking Um, you. Seeing,
2: Eric win was, in my opinion, it was great. I loved watching it. I was really happy about it. But uh, yeah, it's nerve wracking too because you're sitting there thinking, especially with the history and Eric leading races. There's always that caution. You're just waiting for it, but it was pretty cool. And the first race I ever got to go to was a hassle to go to. It was the 2019 Bristol Night Race. So just like Zach. And it was the one where Matt DiBenedetto, I mean, he pretty much was going to win that race until uh, Newman gave him that fender damage. And then Hamlin came in and took it from him with, I believe it was less than 10 to go. Yeah. So it was a great race, Bristol, by far. If you want to get someone a race fan, bring them to Bristol. There's not a single spot. I, I was uh, five, six rows high from the track. I could see everything. You could see everything and anything, no matter where you sit at Bristol, maybe besides Row 1, possibly. But I saw the entire track. It was great. It's, in my opinion, the best racetrack. And then the only other times I went racing is I got to see the 2020 twenty Star Race at Bristol again. I was lucky enough to go back there because we were going on vacation and the dates lined up. And then um, New Hampshire in 2020, I got to see Brad Kozlowski win.
0: Oh, I remember that. Yeah, you did go to New Hampshire.
2: Those two tracks, I may go to Pocono. I doubt it. Maybe Watkins Glen.
0: I'd rather go to Glen instead over Pocono, but that's just me. Um, Zach, for as long as I've known you, you've been a Kyle Larson fan. Uh, two questions. One, what made you become a fan of his? And did you follow anyone prior to Kyle Larson?
1: Uh, when I became a Carl Larson fan really was 2014 Chicago land because I really like drivers that like don't back down, but also at the same time are very smart with their moves. And that's when I became a fan really of Larson. (laughs) He was aggressive, but there was a little bit of contact, but it wasn't enough to like get anybody mad. And it was really nice to watch. And at the end of the race, Jeff Gordon walked over to him and congratulated him I'm not sure if he gave him tips but I do know he had like a conversation with him
0: I do remember that I I remember that race it was like kind of sort of the we knew how talented Kyle Larson was but I think that was the race where people were like oh this kid's really talented like that one raised my eyebrows Like how talented that kid really is in the car that honestly let's be honest it wasn't really good Uh, that was his backup car if I'm not mistaken he crashed a primary in practice uh, is, that, is that the first driver you've become a fan of?
1: Um, really? With, with, I made up my own decision Because I, uh, My family is like Really just a Chevy fan in general So okay. I followed the Chevys Like how they were But Kyle Larson was the first driver That I really made my decision on So kinda You can say
0: Okay, Ron You're a Kyle Busch fan I get that because there's a lot of Cowboys fans out there. You're the only person that I know of that's an Eric Amarola fan. How did you become a fan of him?
2: Um, the same way you become a fan of any driver, for me, at least when I was a kid, I had a die cast, of course, of Eric and his number 43 Smithfield, his 2013 car. And I remember as a kid... 'Cause as a kid you have the attention span of literally nothing. I was in and out of liking NASCAR and like some other thing, like NFL or something like that. And I remember one of the last races I saw before I got that die cast car was the twenty it was twenty eleven or twenty twelve Kansas race where Eric was like competing for the win but he kept blowing a tire. So I remembered him from it. And eventually when I got back into the sport, it wasn't really till twenty fifteen. And then I took a break a while until the 2018 that I actually, like 2018 was the year i never stopped watching NASCAR. I know after 2016, I stopped watching it for a while, but 2018, I haven't stopped watching it since. And I I only, I kept up on him. I liked watching him when I found out that he was going to the 10. And of course it got me more excited because now I get to see him in new equipment, but it was really just that as a kid of seeing that one race it's just circumstances, basically, and I liked him in his personality and the way he goes about his life. But it was really just circumstances. Getting that diecast, remembering that race, deciding to continue to watch him—it's the same thing. I became a—I my first driver. I liked. There were two. It was Casey Kane and Tony Stewart. I like Casey Kane because I have a cat named Casey. That
0: That's now why makes I sense.
2: Casey Kane. <laughs> When I liked Tony Stewart, his sponsor was Home Depot. When I was a kid, my backyard was just a hill that led up to a Home Depot. And my favorite color was orange. Kyle Busch, I watched him in 2008. He was the candy car that won a whole bunch. Yep, That's why kids like Kyle Busch so much. It's a candy car. But those are the reasons I like Casey Kane and Tony Stewart. Those were my first two favorite drivers. And they stuck with me my entire career of watching NASCAR because I was a kid and that's what they had. It was victim of circumstance with Casey Kane, because my cat's named Casey. He's Casey. I like him. And with Tony, he's sponsored by Home Depot. There's a Home Depot right there. I can walk to it. And it's orange. It's great. I love it. That's how <laughs> I, so I like them.
0: I did put two and two together of your cat naming, uh, your cat Casey with Casey. Kane. You've, you've said Casey uh, in our Xbox meetings. It's like, oh, it's his cat. Now that actually makes sense. It wasn't until I found this out.
2: The only reason my cat is named Casey is because because it's, it's Casey spoke with a C. Because my mom didn't know how to spell Casey. It was because I was watching racing and she asked me who my favorite driver was. And I just named the first person I saw, apparently, which was Casey, because they were just showcasing him driving even though my favorite driver, because I also said Tony, mm. she was like, oh, I don't like Tony. She didn't want to name him Tony. And so she him Casey, but she spoke it with a C instead of a K. Um.
0: But like,
2: my new favorite driver, well, one of my new favorite drivers is Ross Chastain. He's one of the only drivers currently I like based off skill and what I saw him do throughout his years since I watched him in 2017 and what he did throughout his entire career. He's like the only driver I can think of
0: currently who I like based off of what he actually did on track and not some stupid reason. Ross, to me, you know, he's gotten a lot of his opportunities (laughs) from post 2018 onwards by just pure talent. Yeah, he's had some sponsorship help, but he's not had a lot. Like that whole DC solar thing was just, he almost derailed his his career. Yeah, that was technically his sponsor.
2: I was going to say, he hasn't had any sponsorship help besides for maybe, like, mini ones he slap on the side of a car. Yeah. His biggest sponsorship help really yeah, was DC Solar wanting to back him that entire time. Cause I thought Nutrient Egg Solution was really a raw sponsorship, but no, they stayed with Colic. Yeah, They didn't stay with him at all, and I was hoping, we still don't know yet, that McDonald's because of the way, I mean, compared, to, I know Bubba got them a win, but Ross compared to Bubba with the whole McDonald's sponsorship and how he was, like, Daytona 500 when it rained out. You know how many people saw his whole video he did? Yeah. And how he went and picked up? That was a huge thing that apparently got McDonald's millions of dollars in sponsorship revenue per, um, I forgot, it was some Washington thing that went over it because they basically they do anything like that any sports commercial or thing that some sports guy does
0: mm-hmm.
2: via like a sponsorship just mentioning something like just mentioning the word twitter they'll show like oh this is how much money twitter just earned because this sports guy said it and so they earned them a lot i was hoping because he didn't Stop there. He kept it up, doing it with other times and other ways. Bringing I, Ronald McDonald to the shop.
0: I think didn't we, he drive a McDonald's car at the uh, Fall of Darlington race?
2: Yeah, he did. He okay. finished third there, so he got a lot yeah. of screen time with that. But yep. I was hoping we don't know yet if if that sponsorship is staying with him for the one car. I wish, I hope, but it seems. And me personally I kind of hold a little grudge towards it because it's like okay you want a plate track don't take the McDonald's sponsor away from Ross man right
0: he's done so much more with it than Bubba did just because Bubba got a race win at a plate track you're gonna leave him but
2: from the rumors right now I think I think they're gonna stay with him but I think they're minimizing it just for me I hate that because it's like he had better results with the McDonald's car he came closer with winning before a plate track guy you know me BWO. i don't like plate tracks i'm not a fan yeah of that.
0: Uh, they didn't go kind for me as a Boyer fan um yeah. and i like how at the end of this your audio all of a sudden just you, you go from robot to high def ron um oh, am i speaking too loud now no you're that's fine that works now um <laughs> what is harder to win uh, this is a question for you two. i obviously cannot answer this question what is harder to win a nascar race uh, on heat or a F1 esports race on F1 2021? Cause y'all have won. Uh, Ron, you go first. F1 by F1. far.
2: Like me, me and my luck. You, you, of course, you know that you've raced with me in many leagues. Yeah. It took me. I started BRL season five. Took me till this season, season seven, to finally win a race. And you look at uh, my NASCAR career, you look at BRL, it took me forever to win. I was getting, like, top fives every single race. And then it wasn't till oh, that's right. It wasn't until – was, was it Canada? No, it was Bristol with me and Zach having that big battle. you remember that, Zach? Yeah, I do remember how many times it was you and me up front Bebo was like third constantly. And then every once in a while we would wreck each other. Like you would wreck yeah. me. And the next we
0: oh, I remember me. that. I remember and then
2: that. we would wreck each other, but we would always end up first
0: and second. Well, you and me had a heck of a battle at Bristol that actually got featured. In. Yeah. It's Spinity, and... Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was like, I remember that when that tweet hit, I was like, Oh, um, okay. Didn't ask for this. Um, um this is cool, though. Yeah, uh, Zach. What about you?
1: Um. Yeah, F one all the way.
0: Yeah. Hopefully, one of these days, I can answer that question for myself because I just can't drive these current Guess cars. Who's here to greet us? Casey. Yep. <laughs> oh, hi, Casey. Yeah. Um. Man, it's been a pleasure working it's with amazing. both of y'all. Uh. As y'all's engineer. Yeah. Uh. This one's for Zach. I remember oh. when you said it in the party. It was so hilarious. It's still on YouTube. I will still go find this clip. Zach now as a commentator, do you understand what Jeff Gordon even does or what he used to uh. being he's not at Fox anymore? <laughs> <laughs> uh- <laughs> Uh, uh, that was uh, when you said that. Uh, like, what is what is just going to do? He just talks. I just responded. <laughs> That's his job. You <laughs> said that during
2: the season four BRL Daytona 500. Uh, uh I believe I. I know it was the Daytona 500. I don't remember which season. I just guess. I think three. it was before
0: season three. Season three. Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh Double god! Three. It's it's on um, who the, made
0: it? Parallel. But he made that
2: little, parallel yeah. yeah. Parallel
0: music. Yeah. He had that for the uh the Clash and then the 500s. Uh, oh, I just love the way he talk. edited of of uh, the uh, police chief or whoever that guy from Spider Man is laughing because that's pretty much how we all were. And, oh, that was hilarious! <laughs> my, my my favorite clip
2: of that was me saying, "Who's pitting alone? Oh, poor Ethan!" And then it just it cuts to showing him on the map. Just ah, oh, poor Ethan. Just yes, indeed,
0: poor Ethan. The, uh, Let's move on now. That are that are sleazy, asking for a spin gate. So, well, that that. Sleazy's list of drivers that sucked. <laughs> that oh, yeah, that was great. Uh, me,
1: me and Ron set up to like three in the morning trying to give all the clothes to Guy. Yeah. I,
0: yeah. And, uh, I remember that race. Uh, that was uh, mm-hmm. hilarious. I have to go rewatch that. We'll close um, yeah. with this. Uh, what are you most excited for about the upcoming 2022 motorsports year? Anything in particular, any series, what are you most excited about?
1: I'll go first, but uh, it's about time I go first. But anyway, uh, the Sorry. answer to that question... <laughs> no,
0: me, me, I'll go first.
1: <laughs> no, no, I'm going first. But for me, I'm excited about, just as F1 and NASCAR in whole, due to how, how even the playing field is for both sports. so we either have the potential of one of the greatest Rutherford Seasons of all time, and, and even the century you can make an argument for, or we're just bound for a, a snoring fest of a season. But this just wants to get a matter of a what-if story, so we're going to have to wait and see. That's what I'm excited about.
0: Ron? Uh, for me,
2: it's really the new Cars kind of like Zach was talking, but just in general, not like, I don't think it's going to be the best motorsport season ever. You know, it could be a flop of course, but it's, it's the unknown of F1 and NASCAR's new cars. They're going into new generations. So it's that little cool factor, especially both of them happening at -hmm. the same time. I don't remember the last time two big series and racing both had new cars and um it's really just for racing to get back what's the um just counting nascar f1 and indycar when is the first race is it nascar who starts NAS- first
0: nascar starts first and then and we'll have i think f1 and indycar start remotely at the same time it's just it's, it's too far March. away the yeah, winner and it takes it, it, too long i man. know Mine is, uh, you know, I've heard some subtle hints. It's not been on print, but Marshall Pruitt hints a very active 2023 IndyCar Silly Season that he cannot even really go into detail now. But he has said the things that he has heard will make Roman Grosjean going in Andretti kids play. I'm intrigued. Like I,
2: I'm intrigued too, but I like how. The thing you're looking most forward to in 2022 is something that we'll have to wait till 2023 for. Oh,
0: no, not really, not really. I mean, we're the discussions are going to be this year. For yeah, next, but uh, I mean, that's what I'm intrigued at. We're going to have I, to
2: wait until mid-season. I'd be surprised if they start announcing this like race one. You know
0: true well there are he's already announcing the rossi oh. stuff which is a like, bit hmm, interesting but there's there's a little just
2: uh randomly i know this makes no sense but just a little bit of srx news
0: i meant they, to ask you that
2: yeah they just teased that their new schedule i think they're releasing it sometime this week okay it's a teased a little thing on instagram and that's the new rumor that sometime by sunday it should be releasing
0: I hope to see Mark Weber in SRX for season two, and there has been a rumor that Jensen Button is rumored. We'll close off with this. If you could pick, I'm going to pick Jensen Button. You and Zach. Zach, you go first. Which one driver would you like to see new in SRX?
1: Oh. Um, I have really two options. My first go. option is Juan Pablo Montoya. Damn by- it! <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a good
2: one. Gotta so think of a new guy now.
1: <laughs> you gotta get the thinking. But my second option is Lewis Hamilton if he does retire at the uh, end of next season.
0: <laughs> I I don't think that's I don't think Lewis is retiring. But I'd be I,
2: surprised. You,
0: well, I mean, uh, it's been a month, so I think if he was going to uh, retire, we would have known by now, Ron.
2: Um, well, I was gonna
0: say Juan
2: Pablo Montoya. So, uh, um, I don't know, uh, Clint Boyer, I guess. I was gonna with say me, I don't think it's possible, but same with Juan Pablo Montoya.
0: I'd love to see. I both could. Of those guys. I don't think he can, though. I could see Hinchcliffe. That's not Clint Boyer. <laughs> well well no, but Hinchcliffe actually when he did all the broadcasting for SRX last year, he actually drove those cars just to get an understanding of of how they were on the tracks so that we can commentate about it. So I could see Hinchcliffe. Hinchcliffe did say he is gonna still race, he's just not IndyCar. car. But I I would like you know Hinch would be one. I want oh, Kimmy Räikkönen. and I forgot about him.
1: Kimmy he's, he's gonna John he's gonna George win George. the
0: DGAF championship, and you can kind of guess what that acronym means. <laughs> yeah and you can't say it here anyways um i want to thank you two for coming on on kind of quick short notice uh with kind of what has happened in the last 24 hours uh don't know what we're going to do for the weekend we might just take a pass because we we'll all be doing brl racing as well because that has returned but uh this is uh Eight or also philip schmitz i want to say thanks to ron and zach for joining y'all have a good night and take care